0: So, you want to watch a movie, but you don't know which? Choosing the one can be a bitch. But Jared and Drew have perfected the art. So, sit back, relax, and trust the dark. It's Dark Board Movie Night. What's going on, everyone? I'm Drew. And I'm Jared. And welcome to Dark Board Movie Night, the podcast where we put 20 movies on a board, throw a dart at it, and let the fates decide. This week, we're hanging with the muscles from Brussels to cover one of the movies that made him a star. It's 1992's Universal Soldiers, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren, directed by Roland Emmerich.
1: Dude, I am so glad that I so rarely read these before you say them because it's a new experience for me. I did not know that was coming. Excellent intro, Drew. How are you doing tonight, man? The
0: Muscles from Brussels is a famous nickname for him. Is did it really? Dude,
1: I have a history of not knowing famous uh, movie star nicknames. My buddy Brendan back in high school was like, Sly Stallone. And I was like, you're making that up. That's not his real nickname. And oh. I was way off. I was I completely wish, wrong.
0: I wish that I was clever enough to come up with the Muscles from Brussels.
1: I thought I thought you literally just off the dome that for the, and I was like, holy shit, Drew, nice work. You could have kept the mystique going a little bit from me, but I bet the audience wouldn't know.
0: No, people would call me out. I'm not going to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Still, I still like the intro. It's a, I mean, it's one of the great all time actor nicknames. Can yeah, we agree do that, on again. that? Uh, I think so. I think it's better than Sly alone as a nickname. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, that's uh, just that's just a riff on the actual name. It's not like a, I'm I'm putting an entire adjective on yeah, you.
1: it is like a riff, isn't it? It's like a a, a re-jiggering and like a. Well, it's, like, Ar- it's like it's like Arnie weird.
0: for Arnold. You know, it's the same fucking that- deal.
1: Now, that one I could buy, but the L is on the move in Sylvester Stallone and Sly. That's what's strange about that one to me. But that's another here. North- I think it's
0: more of a visual one where it's like yeah. if you look at Sylvester Stallone, like the L and the Y, you know, it's like it's like how they say where like your brain if it can see the first and the last letter of a word Mm -hmm. it can fill in the blank on the rest of it like that that's like what your brain is doing there
1: with slot yeah dude i remember the first time i was in like high school and i read a paragraph written that way that's all jumbled and i was it was mind-blowing it's like really really cool
0: yeah it's like one of those like magic uh pictures where it like changes as you shift your perspective
1: on it for sure, dude. And I, actually, I should say—I have some Sly baggage too. Whenever I hear that name, I think of either Sly and the Family Stone, or the video game series that for a PlayStation. It's like Sly Sly Cooper, it was like a raccoon. But uh, That's anyway, a blast from anyway. the past. Yeah, dude. Those games are good, man.
0: Well, anyway, we're talking Universal Soldier this week, and we're we're right. getting into <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme, JCVD himself, and uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a good chat. I I think it's you know he's one of these action stars that. I don't have a ton of baggage to bring into this, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. coming at it with with mostly fresh eyes.
1: Dude, I'm in a very, very similar boat, man. Um, looking forward to talking about it. I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a fun chat for sure. And I really don't know much about your history with Jean-Claude Van Damme, so it'll be like new information to me for the most part. So yeah, I mean, I'm I think I mentioned it when another. we
0: hit it on the board, but yeah.
1: I think we did but you know I never remember those things. Those are always at the end. I'm like burnt out from talking. I'm like totally tipsy. 3 3 glasses of wine or something. I'm like, "Yep, yep, yeah. yep. We'll talk about yeah, it next for week." For those
0: who <laughs> haven't been able to pick up on that from our, our words slurring over the course of the end of uh, these episodes, <laughs> generally we've got a couple of drinks yeah. in us by the no, end. No.
1: Now that you mentioned, I think I remember you said you saw one or two. But yeah. well, but we'll, we'll get, get into the into specifics again. We'll yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For now,
0: let's do a quick board review. Let's talk about where we sit with the current board. At number one, we've got You Can Count On Me, number two, Akiru, number three, M, number four, Rio Bravo, number five, Operation Condor, number six, Anomalisa, number seven, Amadeus, number eight, Pi, number nine, tonight's episode, Universal Soldier, number 10, The Limey, number 11, Coraline, number 12, The Straight Story, number 13, Night Moves, number 14, The Karate Kid, number 15, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, number 16, Secrets and Lies, number 17, tatan number 18, Snatch, number 19, Strange Days, and number 20, The... Terminator
1: good-looking board good-looking board and I'll be excited to it this week is Drew's week to nominate a replacement so after we're done talking about Universal Soldier what was it number nine I want to say it was there'll be a new one at the end of the episode going in its place and we're coming up Drew we're coming up on our our special bonus episode we are indeed as
0: I mentioned a few weeks ago on our Days of Heaven episode, I believe mm-hmm. we announced that we are going to have a little award show uh, encompassing the first fifty. Movies that we've watched on the show, so that's going to exclude Sling Blade. Who knows?
1: Maybe it could sneak into a category or two for Jared. <laughs> but I didn't it watch could be in it. In the basement. If we have a category of like worst <laughs> movie, <of laughs> you could just uh, you know, yeah, that'll be tough for you to opine. Weird on Sling anomalies. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a movie that uh, I wasn't able to watch due to the fact that it's not distributed anywhere right now. Who knows? It's a rights issue somewhere, but. Um, you can't even rent that movie, so that will not make it into the list. But outside of that, every movie we've watched will be in contention for an awards show that right now, we have a name sort of picked out.
1: Kind it's, of. We, just, we
0: accidentally <laughs> fell on it because we're we're terrible at coming up with names. What's that name, <laughs> yeah. Jared?
1: I I like it. It just kind of came up. It's the Eunice, which is kind of... Uh, it's kind of an acronym for Yet Unnamed Award Show. Uh, you know, unnamed is kind of getting two letters in there, but that's okay. Yeah. And uh, I think it kind of works, man. Una sounds like an award, like, and the Una goes to, and the overall name of the whole thing would be the Unas. And um, I don't know if we call it the Una- last 50 or whatever it's it truly is yet unnamed so
0: i I don't mind using one word for two letters in that acronym because it plays into a bit of movie lore not movie lore it's more book lore than anything but uh are you do you know what specter stands for in the james bond movies no specter is the organization that blofeld is the head of in in in, and he's the major bond villain um
1: Mm -hmm. are you I know all of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know the origin of the Specter. The name is so it? Is Spectre, it an acronym?
0: You're, you're gonna. You're gonna be. Th- this is a really funny acronym. Specter stands for Special Executive for Counterintelligence Terrorism Revenge and Extortion. <laughs> it's a weird bevy of of uh, yeah. crimes that they are committing.
1: <laughs> they're also like they seem to recognize i feel like a lot of villains in the real world don't view themselves as villains it seems like specter does but specter
0: the sp are both from special it's not even a word that's like broken into two parts
1: it's it's right sp yeah there's precedence you're making a Supreme Court case here there you go for 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 the Unas and be like as you can see there is precedence for uh, an acronym using two letters from the same word and it's fine and I mean UA uh, just just sounds like it's awful you need that n in there Una is clutch and it might be the name but point being I think it's going to be a super fun award show whether or not Una takes is the name like we're gonna have, you know, best brood of the last fifty. We're gonna have like, you know, normal things like best picture. Well, it's the top uh, top brute, we should say, dude. Top top brute. Yeah, yeah. We also have like fun like acting categories. We're gonna and des- stuff.
0: we're gonna decide our big dog of the year. We're gonna decide. <sighs> we're gonna have we're gonna have lots of fun with that episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a blast, and it'll be coming out uh, as like kind of one of our bonus episodes. It'll be dropping that week of what would normally be our fifty first episode. And then after that award show, we'll be getting back to sort of our regularly scheduled program. And we'll begin the trek of the next 50, mm-hmm. you know, which will be a whole new uh, I mean, the board will uh, the board will obviously remain the same, but it'll be a whole new batch of 50 to consider.
0: Yep. Well, we are two weeks away from that award show. We'll remind everyone on the next episode as well. But mm-hmm. this is this is the second to last movie that we'll include in that award show. So, yeah. Stay tuned, folks. But for now, let's talk a little bit of Universal Soldier. How about it?
1: Love it, dude. Little streaming check. First time in a while, Drew. Available with for free with subscriptions somewhere. As I recall, it feels like anyway, we've been on a tear with like pay to rent, pay to rent, pay to rent, blah, blah, blah. If you are a subscriber to HBO Max, you can stream this at time of recording right now. <laughs> Much um, like Spectre,
0: yeah. we've been extorting a lot of money out of people for the last few
1: weeks. <laughs> yeah, dude, they've seen massive upticks in their rental fees due to this show, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, we have been extorting our listeners, absolutely. Uh, but this one, I'm, you know, who knows? They're probably all just stealing it online afterwards, anyway. But um, this is uh, definitely something that if you have HBO, I would say, if you're in the mood for something fun, light, goofy, silly, give this a spin.
0: Universal Soldier was a Jared pick. And I got to be honest, when you put it on, it came out of left field for me. Where did this come from? How did it get on the
1: board? You know, a lot of times something will get on the board if it's one of my picks, and yours fall in this category too many times, of like, oh, somebody said something, or a director did this, or that, or the other. This was none of those. This was literally me just recognizing a big void in my film history and realizing that the show is a great way to address it so i had never old before jean-claude
0: this week, van damme hole
1: the old van damme hole i had never seen a jean-claude van damme movie hmm. and it really felt like kind of silly i love action movies i love particularly action movies from this time and I just kind of for reasons I don't fully understand and we'll probably kick it around, but I I just wrote him off before I ever saw him. I kind of I think I viewed him as like a Schwarzenegger ripoff or something. And well, I just like let's
0: expand on that. What so yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Van Damme is like to me, he's like a tier below. Your Arnie's of the world. Like Arnie, Arnie's Mm -hmm. the pinnacle of this era of action star. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like like would you disagree? Arguably any, but
1: no, I would not disagree. And I would say in terms of like Hollywood movies, like Hollywood action stars, all time Arnold is number one for me personally, but I definitely would not disagree that of his time he was he was number one. Van
0: Damme's an interesting one. So not to reference blank check. Again, we always <laughs> reference them. But I mean, they, they look, they're the, they're the best of what we do. And they did an episode recently on Street Fighter. And I, I hadn't put together until they were talking about JCVD in that episode. But like, he's kind of a really condensed star era in that he broke out in like 88. And by 1995... He was making like direct to DVD shit, direct to VHS, I guess at that time.
1: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but and now direct to streaming.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like he had an era there from like basically just after this movie through Street Fighter, where he was commanding like twenty million for a movie. Like he was a major star at that point. But it was such a condensed era that like he doesn't have the staying power of your Stallones or your Schwarzeneggers. And I don't know, I just, I find him a really fascinating artifact in that way. And it's like, to me, he's he's different than your, your Steven Seagal's, because Seagal was like, he was almost like a joke from day one. Like he made a couple of movies that that people revere like Under Siege, but overall people kind of like, you know, kind of kind of snicker at him as an actor. Oh, dude. Whereas the funniest with,
1: thing about Steven Seagal is the rest of the world is in on the joke and he's not. Exactly like he's the only one who doesn't get it. It's so bizarre. And, and that's what makes it better.
0: And the difference between him and a Van Damme is that Van Damme is like super impressive as a martial artist. Like he just has a as a physical specimen. You're like you can't take your eyes off him versus Seagal. Who's like kind of a joke. And even like <laughs> the action that he does, it's all hand motions and they're like super subtle. And you like, it does like, it looks sort of impressive, but it's not like, it doesn't blow yeah. your mind. Like the action you're watching, you know? Dude, yeah. I don't know. I just
1: find him really fascinating uh, that way. Dude. So Van, I I really like, I think one of the things I was like, that turned me off of Van Damme without ever seeing any of his stuff, is I I got it in my head that he just did movies about martial arts. You're talking
0: like your blood sports.
1: Blood sport and what I assumed, like Kickboxer would fall into this category too. And when I just heard those titles, like I have never been interested in f- movies that have fighting that are about fighting. I don't know. I just don't what really. Do, what do you within, mean by that? Like, uh, if there was a movie about like a martial arts tournament and Van Dam is in it, like, sure. okay, I just that Which, would not appeal I mean, to me from afar. That is blood and that's, sport. That's what it sounded like. Those movies were like.
0: But that movie and, rules. I want to be clear. Like that is the mm-hmm. only other Van Damme background I have. Not to spoil that part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, let's
1: just say it now. Yeah. But
0: but yeah. That I saw Bloodsport when I was much younger. I, it's been years since I've watched it, but I remember mm-hmm. as a kid just being like, "This movie
1: fucking rocks." So it's just those two for you before this week was was Kickbox, Kickboxer, and Bloodsport, or just I have Bloodsport? not seen Kickboxer. Okay, just, just, Bloodsport. just Bloodsport. Just Bloodsport. That's right. That is what you said last week. Now I, now I'm remembering. Um, but, um, I don't know. There are certain fight movies, quote unquote, that I dig that maybe take themselves seriously. And like something like, i um, not to say those other movies do or do not. I haven't seen them, but I'm a big fan there of, no uh, um, <laughs> is that what that's from? Do or
0: do not. There is no try. That's a Yoda
1: quote. Oh, wow. Oh, I for a second I was like, yeah, yeah, that is, that is Yoda, um, what was it? Warrior came out kind of last Ooh, 15 years or so underrated sports. movie. Yeah, dude, that movie's really good. So there are fight movies out there that I love and have been drawn to in the past. But for I would argue reason, that's a
0: family drama wrapped up in uh, in, a in, fight a, movie.
1: in a UFC movie. Yeah, there's more going um, on there.
0: Nick Nolte's if, giving an Oscar worthy uh, performance in that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is, dude. Um, but for whatever reason, Van Damme, I was just like, isn't he that short guy with the goofy accent? He's an action star and he's wants to be Schwarzenegger. Does but the he's splits not. a lot. Yeah. And I was just like, no, <laughs> we're not doing this. And But even f- looking at it from far away and never interacted with his movies, I'm like, well, there's no way he's worse than Seagal. Like Seagal is like, for my money, the worst action star I've ever seen and part of that is accidentally charming and can be one of the reasons people may or may not be drawn to his movies. But I do not respect him as, a, as an action star. Um, so it kind of like through this show and all that, I was like, you know what? It's time to get a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie on the board. I need to I need to actually check this guy out. So I went down a route that I don't normally do to pick a movie, which is like I just Googled it. Because I went to Rotten Tomatoes just to see the list of his his filmography. And I wanted to pick one that way. But Rotten Tomatoes is flawed in so many ways. And I think maybe principally is they do not show when a movie is fun through their whole aggregate thing. Like they never seem to calculate that. So like all of Van... Dam's movies are just like splat city on their stupid shit. So I was just like, okay, this is not the the way. So I Googled it. And I think I arrived at the Den of Geek or some website like that that had compiled this person, this author's like actual top 10 van Dam's. And I was just kind of zooming through them. I got close to the bottom of the list, meaning the best movies in this person's opinion. And they had Universal Soldier at number two. And I just saw a picture of Van Damme in his like fatigues with that eyepiece soldier piece before he starts waking back up again. Saw that picture. It's like, okay, this looks interesting. And I tried not to read too much of the descriptions. You know how much I like to avoid that stuff. It's like, okay, so it looks like there's a sci-fi bent to this. It seems like he's in the prime of his career in terms of like the timing, as far as I know. Um, did not know that Dolph Ludgren was going to be in it when I selected it as far as I as far as I can remember. but it's like, okay, let's do this. Let's check out this movie Universal Soldier. maybe it'll be great. maybe it'll suck. Um, but I want to get um, I want to find out how I feel about this Van Dam guy and ironically, I think in in some ways it's not a great first viewing for Van Dam, especially the first half of the movie because he's playing so robotic you know intentionally and he really it's not really a martial arts film it's like he's it's more like shooting and sci-fi and stuff like that it's not really like it's not really showing his athletic ability that much which is all that's not flaws it just makes it kind of ironic that it's like okay this is my gateway to Van Damme and it's kind of like probably unlike a lot of other his other stuff but I don't know that's that's kind of why I, I I put this on and how I got to it and uh, we hit it pretty quick, I want to say. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's only and been on the board for like a month know, or two, maybe or five or six weeks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. Uh, so, yeah, just like, let's get it up there. We hit it pretty quick and I am glad we did. What were your overall thoughts of this? I dug it. I liked it. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was really fun, really solid, really silly. It kind of checked a lot of the boxes of what I wanted from a movie like this kind of like something sort of light. It's trying hard enough, but it's not trying too hard and all this sort of bullshit stuff. I will say, I don't think it's going to like breach into action movie classics for me necessarily. Um, I'm sure throughout the course of the conversation, we'll compare it to other action types of movies we've covered on the show so far. I'll, I'll leave that off by saying I don't think it's as strong as Face Off. And even though I do personally believe Face Off is a tiny bit overrated, I think this is even a little a little half step below that. But I still really liked it. I, I really want to be clear on that. There are just some scenes in it.
0: So wait, is Face Off the best action
1: movie you think we've covered? Oh, great question. Um, not counting. I, I was mean, just Games wondering Ball. why
0: you use that as yeah. your, your main example.
1: It's the one that came to mind. Well, the um, one that comes to mind for me Conan, is Conan the Barbarian.
0: Yeah, yeah that's Conan. The best but
1: to movie me, Conan stuff. is also like an adventure film too. You know, yeah, it's a um,
0: historical epic in some ways. Yeah, not it's historical, a, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, like all of those genres apply. An action movie for sure. It's, a, it's a
0: sword and sandals
1: movie yeah. in a lot of ways. If if I mean if I'm going if, if there's a face off between Face Off and Conan, Conan's winning that fight oh, every fucking unquestionably. day, unquestionably. <laughs> yeah. But I, but, but uh, I yeah.
0: the reason I, I kind of. Like, raise my eyebrow at that. Is I, I thought that you had liked Face Off, not loved it. So that's
1: yeah. That's well, I mean, I had, to, I that was probably the fourth or fifth time I'd seen Face right. Off, and over the years, I'm like, I, I dig it, I really do like it. But in my for my money, I prefer The Rock as an action movie that came around the same time, which is the
0: and one I, you thought that we were watching. Yeah, that's the one I, I when I got super crackle.
1: excited when we hit it, and then I was <laughs> like, oh, fuck it's happened again. This Face Off, it's not The Rock. Um,
0: oh, you know what? You know what? My best action movie we've covered is is The Fifth Element.
1: Mm. Yeah, that movie's that movie's awesome. You like that more than Conan? Oh, no, no, no. We, we well, spoil if, I'm saying show.
0: if we're if we're not qualifying Conan, if we're if we're saying that that's different than than a traditional action movie.
1: Yeah, actually, a fun connection between this movie and The uh, Fifth Element, which I'm sure will hit. But there are certain set pieces and action scenes in this movie that are fantastic and really, really jaw dropping. Some great stunts, some great location work and some, just some awesome stuff. But then there's these other portions where they're like building, building tension. And you expect this amazing sort of climactic action sequence. And it just doesn't for me really come together in a, in a super satisfying way. Um, to give a specific example of that, I think of the scene at the motel where they're first on the run. He's first like woken up and the, the, the truck arrives and the soldiers like fan out and they, they fire their guns into this hotel. Like the. The tension they build before that is great and it really seems like, oh, shit, they're in a lot of trouble. They're coming for him. But the resolution is just kind of it left me feeling a little flat. Where it's like, oh, so they hid in the bed, and then they got in the car and drove away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've, I kind of wanted more from that scene. And how
0: like, did those people in the bed not get absolutely destroyed by that gunfire?
1: That's true. Well, those sheets, you know, those <laughs> Kevlar sheets that they got. Yeah, the like motel. I'm just know, wondering,
0: like, why is doing? that a hiding place at that point?
1: And why are they still in the bed? Yeah, like, like even if they surfed, they didn't get hit with a the They're string. sitting up
0: and there are bullet holes like <laughs> right behind their
1: head. I mean, there there are some things in that whole motel part that I like. But for again, sure. it's like that as for, in terms of just an action scene, it's like that was just kind of a little flat. But then I look at something like the fucking bus chase on the rim of the grand canyon i'm like okay that is fucking amazing so there's there's a lot to love in here Mm -hmm. there's a lot that i thought was just like "Eh, yeah that's pretty good but overall it it hit exactly what i wanted it to like it was it was just took it took itself the perfect amount of serious and i really did like it i don't want to start off with nitpicks like sure it was really strong and and I it did lead me wanting to see more Jean-Claude Van Damme. I I do see the charm. I I think he is a a very charismatic really cool action star. I really I really dug him for my first viewing and I'm I'm excited to see more of his shit, honestly. What what did you think about the movie on like first watch and overall vibe?
0: I think I'm pretty much in lockstep with you. I maybe liked it a little less than you. Um I I think the biggest thing I would disagree with you is that it did not at all sell me on wanting to watch more Van Damme. Um, really? yeah. And that's not, that's not to say I dislike him in this movie. I think for what he's doing, he's effective. And there are moments that I'm like, I, I, I would like to see more of that. So, so in that way, I guess I, I, I I would watch more of him, but I'm not gonna be like eager to go out and, and seek it out. Um, I think the strengths of this movie are like like almost none of them I would put as a as a credit to Van Damme. Um I think this movie is is fun. I, I didn't dislike the movie at all. I, I had a really good time with it. I think it's, you know, pretty low on the list of movies we've watched because I I mean, but that's more of a, a testament to the quality of the movies we've picked i think so right. far in the movie or right. in the show up to this point um but that being said i i think overall it's just kind of a meh action movie at the end of the day i agree with you completely that some of the some of the set pieces in this movie are
1: outstanding
0: and just on a construction level and like the the idea behind them like the hoover dam sequence at the beginning yeah. of this movie is is so good
1: Let's- Let's just fucking get into that right now. Yeah. How fucking awesome is that rappel stunt down it's, the face of incredible. the dam, dude? That is so cool, and, and they shoot it so fucking well, and they it's do it like, for real. Oh. Yeah, and there's they, no they,
0: trickery they, involved.
1: No tricks, just stuntmen, straight up rappelling and running forward down. Like they could have, they could have done it the other way. They could have had a repelling like traditionally, sure. you know, which is like your back facing the earth. And,
0: you know, kind of hopping down.
1: Yes, exactly. But they, they were like, you know, what would be fucking cooler because these soldiers are so badass. And let's just have them charging ahead, run repelling down the face of the Hoover fucking dam. And it really I mean, there there is some stuff obviously in Vietnam before it, but it sets the tone. And because the Vietnam stuff is like pretty cheesy, you know, well, and that, like way over the top, and in, like
0: in the in the pre-show we talked a little bit about Oliver Stone because I recently rewatched JFK, and uh, we got on the topic of Platoon, and I said I was going to bring it up. That is what I mean. I mean that whole opening sequence is literally like could be a scene out of Platoon, with, with Tom Berenger substituted for Dolph Lundgren and Charlie Sheen for for Van Damme. Like it's the same fucking setup.
1: And it's just we've we've seen I've seen, even though I haven't seen Platoon in its entirety, we've seen that sort of story before. And, you know, it's 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 just the setup. I'm not holding it against the movie, of but we get that like first five minutes. And I'm like, OK, it's,
0: it's movie shorthand so that the audience yeah. immediately like understands this, like where everyone yeah. stands.
1: It's it, And it's fine. But it's like, OK, so this is the type of movie we're getting is going to be silly. It's going to be over the top. It's going to be it's not it's not shying away from from gruesomeness. Right. Like this will be this will be fun. But then we hit that Hoover Dam stunt and I'm like, oh shit. Like that's not ha, look at that. That's fucking actively cool.
0: Well, I was immediately pulled into that sequence even before the Hoover Dam makes an appearance. I, I was mm. in from the time I saw that plane coming into land, and it's the yeah, weirdest the fucking looking plane you've ever seen. It goofy looks, plane. It dude. looks like a swollen thumb.
1: Yeah, It does do a hammer struck thumb. Absolutely. And it also is like flying kind of strangely too. Like, cause it's like shot as it's like touching down on the runway and just like right, like straight ahead. Yeah. And it's like got a little wobble to it. And it's just, well, like, and it's and like, it's just so like bulging
0: bizarre. beyond the cockpit. Like it's yeah. the weirdest looking plane you've ever seen. And it's, it's kind of like a penis. Plane. It's not even a jet. <laughs> Yeah, it is. yeah, it's so, it's so it's, weird but then but so then you, it's not even just that you've also in that scene got the pig nose helicopter that lands it's a weird mm-hmm. ass looking helicopter and then you've got like mm-hmm. a truck that does like a
1: double extension oh, like dude. an rv that truck is really cool it's very cool i think i think they maybe did like one or two many like let's show the the sides expanding. When you pay that much money for those
0: hydraulic, like like, I
1: can't, I can't fault them for it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it looks so cool. And I was going to save it for wrap up, but we're here now. Let's just, let's just say this. Is that the coolest truck in movie history that comes to mind for you right now? The only one I came close is lost world. (laughs) Ah,
0: damn it. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I thought I was going to blow your mind. Of course we were thinking about the same truck though.
1: (laughs) but i mean like i think this one's cooler and the lost world I think dual is. trailer is fucking fantastic but this thing it just looks so it's huge
0: i don't know for nostalgia's sake i might go with lost world but this one definitely gives it a run i had that lost world toy i had Dude, the truck
1: i wanted that toy so bad I'm that's maybe the you.
0: coolest like action figure toy i had growing up it, it, i think me and my brother actually had to share it because it was so expensive
1: I had a lot of uh, Jurassic Park toys from like the first movie, like jeeps and stuff. So I was super into that then. Mm-hmm. But if I was like given a choice between the Universal Soldiers truck toy or the Lost World one, I probably would choose the Universal Soldiers one just like my they, like it just evoked that love in my childhood of like Tonkas and really cool trucks. It like it like cut me deep. I was dude. like, "That's just so cool, man! Look at that!" I was like, "How much how cool would it have again. been
0: seeing that as like a seven year old, like like oh. the age we were when we saw the Lost World? I guess we would have yeah, been like eight or nine, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, totally, dude." And it's like, I mean, that I like to think that part of you never really goes away—that sort of childish spark. But like, yeah, it would have been so cool to see that, like, in the heat of like truck fever, like <laughs> truck it would have been fever. awesome. Uh, but um, but yeah. I think it's the coolest truck I've ever seen in sort of like big convoy type of things in, in movie history, and it's just so cool. But but I derailed you. To, you know, yeah, 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 I derailed yeah. your conversation yeah,
0: yeah. about the Hoover Dam just because we had to talk no, about no, those vehicles. No. Yeah. That's the intro. Then that we we get this like perfect setup bit where the the guys, it, it's the general guy that runs the you know the program, the Universal mm-hmm. Soldier program, and some grunt you know that's like wait four and a half minutes. They covered a mile and a half in that, or something like that. You know, it's like the swimming, swimming in the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's a gr- it's such a great setup of just like this is how insanely you know, the these you know human robots are.
1: Also, thank God they didn't try to show it. Right. Could you imagine trying to show someone swim that fast? It would look so silly. At like least not at that time. Leave it unseen. Just like, just mention that they did it. It's just the smartest way to handle it, and it's the best way to handle it. I also liked how some of the terrorists at the dam were kind of fat. I don't know if you noticed that. There was one of the terrorists that the the first guy who gets sniped out by, I think, Dolph Lundgren, Mm -hmm. is like loitering outside one of the things. I'm just watching this. I'm like, this guy's kind of chunky to be a terrorist. I mean, I don't know why I'm sort of like assuming that like terrorists are just felt, and maybe it's all like the. I don't know, the monkey bar training videos I've seen, but I just assumed they were all in good shape. And this guy's like, this guy's like P- portly. He's, he's like, Well, he's got we're, some, we're talking stuff from a them. very
0: post 9-11 perspective on terrorism. 1992 terrorists are true lies terrorists.
1: Yeah. So what is that like kind of like Czechoslovakian or like, you know, where we kind of Bosnian or something? Just,
0: yeah, like, like undefinably Middle Eastern
1: yeah. Maybe, or or like Eastern European, but like who knows where. The
0: Bond movie, The Living Daylights, is also kind of playing in this territory. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 a weird the, the early 90s perspective on terrorism was very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, dude, I would love to see as uh, just as a side note, like a foreign movie from, say, like Bosnia or something that has like a oil tycoon texan as its villain just to see kind of like how they would view like the american villain would be kind of fun but um <clears throat>
0: just watch every bond movie man you'll get a glimpse at what the yeah. villains were like at that time in movie history
1: <laughs> yeah because
0: um, i'm thinking of chris walken and uh view to a kill where he's like playing a silicon valley you know microchip mogul and it's 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 hilarious dude
1: I didn't know Christopher Walken was in a Bond movie, and now I have to see that.
0: That is probably the most, the funniest Bond movie ever made, without question. And he's. On purpose? uh, Walken is delivering like an outstanding performance, weirdly, uh, but he's just playing, you know, kind of a larger than life villain. Uh, But no, everything involving Bond is like. It, it, you're, it's like watching Mr. Magoo. Like the guy is like 90 <laughs> years old when he made that movie or he looks like he's like on his way off of shuffling off his mortal coil like mid movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's still being asked to be an action star who fucks Grace Jones. And like, it's Man. so weird.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know that. I think that Hoover Dam whole bit is really when I kind of like, Kind of perked up in my chair, and I was like, "Okay, this great. is just this is cool. Like, this is just, I'm in. I'm in now. I'm not just going to be eating popcorn, laugh, laughing at this movie. And believe that me, that did happen later on, and we'll get to all that stuff in <laughs> due time. But there is legit good shit here too.
0: No, and I mean just to to talk more about the set pieces. I mean, the one you mentioned, mm-hmm. the Grand Canyon
1: sequence, is
0: just it's stellar action Dude. filmmaking.
1: Un. Believable. I've never seen an action scene set at the Grand Canyon before. I don't think.
0: Now, my question is, was it the Grand Canyon or was it Canyon Lands? Because it looked like it was a the Grand lot- Canyon. Was it? Okay.
1: I watched the commentary today. It was the Grand Canyon. They they normally don't allow people to film there, which is those one of the things I was so shocked. I was like, Yeah, because
0: they the did f-? big stunts there
1: too. Yeah, and, and so they had they had this small section that they were allowed to film at. And it was the Grand Canyon. And that's that's where they did it. Got it. And, you know, they squeeze a lot of juice out of that lemon. But it is just shocking to see those vehicles driving alongside the Grand Canyon. And I was like, oh, my God. And, again, I've never seen that. I've never seen an action scene take place there. And I just was blown away by that. And how much scenery fucking Dolph Lundgren is chewing up in the whole lead up to that i'm sure we will get to him in detail but that whole chase leading up to the the spectacular imagery of the whole grand canyon thing is really exciting and really good too
0: well i was i mean you brought up scenery and i you you followed that with <laughs> chewing scenery but i thought you were just going to say like i to me the fact that they shot it there and they mm-hmm. got those wide shots of this truck barreling through you know this the the canyon and like along the ridgeline like that to me is that is the argument for why cgi sucks because that sequence today would be done you know in some desert and they would superimpose the grand canyon behind them like they never would have shot it at the grand canyon but the fact that they did for this movie it just lends so much credibility to the movie and you just you you get pulled in in a way that you never would in a movie like this today
1: Dude, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, we touched on some of that stuff a little on like the Top Gun Maverick stuff, but I don't even know if they'd let people film at the Grand Canyon anymore. But just that the like really feeling it and really seeing those trucks on that ridge line, like seems like terrifying driving. Like it's really intense right there. We've got cost of admission worth your time it's we're there already it's just a full that, just star that shot.
0: it's a full star better movie just by doing that one thing and it's like or i think that's what gets lost in the conversation about cgi's it's just like there there is a real tangible improvement to your experience of watching a movie when you can look at something and say i know they did that for real yep it just it just changes how you view the movie and like For me, like maybe this is a two star movie if that's a CGI sequence, literally Mm -hmm. like that's Mm -hmm. that's how much of a swing I feel like it it does to your brain when you're just like, at least I have that to hold on to. Whether the movie sucks or not, that was pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like now that we lose out on so much of that stuff these days. We just get these bad movies that there's so much less that could be redeeming in them. Right. Like, you know, because, again, like you're saying, if we get these things where you're like, oh, at least there's that. Like, like you said, if this sucked, at least we have that Grand Canyon scene. Uh, we don't even get those at least anymore.
0: I think it's a core tenet of like our podcast and like how you and I approach movies. It's is it's like even if I don't like something, there's going to be something, you know, on the whole, I'm saying. Yep. there's going to be <laughs> something in there that I can pull out and be like, that is pretty cool. Or, or Mm -hmm. I, I see the craft there, or at least if nothing else, I see what they were going for and I appreciate it on that level. And, and like, you can't make those excuses when you see a movie that has been completely, completely constructed in a computer. Like it just, it's not the same experience.
1: Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't. And I'm like, I'm just happy that this movie was made at a time with those sort of, Computer based choices just weren't an option. Right. Like, and it's just like, it's so much better for it.
0: This was pre Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park is the one that changed everything for better or worse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. While we're hitting these kind of set pieces in in our sort of overview, what did you think of the whole um, gas station scene where they go, like, and, and, you know, it's like after they flee the motel, and John Claude Van Damme asks Allie Walker, who who is the actor who plays kind of the, the love interest in the film. Asked her to kind of help find the chip and all that sort of stuff. So that, I really thought that scene was funny when they're like, <laughs> she's, he's like she's asking grabbing her his to dick, dig, digging. It. Yeah, grab. Is that normal? It's like, yes, that's very normal. And I mean, let's be real. The guy is in great shape. The guy is in spectacular shape. Oh, I
0: don't mind watching him walk away naked. He, no, no, good it's looking a,
1: butt. It's a great body, and um, it's just like, man, that might have been one of the things I was like, just maybe down on him before I ever saw it. It was just like. I was just like a hunky dude who likes to like just show his muscles, which is obviously like all the action movies, (laughs) action movie stars in that time period were kind of like that, except for Jackie Chan, the all-star. But, um, but I dig that scene. And then we have the arrival of that really cool truck. And then that like, okay, cool. okie doke. Like, I think that scene for me was like solid. Again, I kind of wish there was a little bit more there, but there's some awesome shit too, of like the stunt of the guys on fire, yeah. When they're like moving really slow because they don't you know they're 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 reanimated zombie soldiers so they don't feel pain, but you got to think of the stunt people in that suit you know they're they're training to be on fire for movies all the time. It's part of a job, but you know normally, I would think when they're in a scene where they're on fire, they're flailing around like a normal person would, and that's also kind of your natural instincts anyway, they have to keep their composure and they're on fire. <laughs> in these suits, and they mm-hmm. have to, like, march at, like, a steady pace as if nothing is wrong for it's a few an impressive seconds. impressive It really is. Uh, so there's like, comes some good shit there. And then I did not see coming that Dolph Lundgren was going to be in the back of the car when he popped up with the wire. Like, that was a good, genuine surprise. <laughs> and then sprinkled on, like, a little fairy dust on top of that is the terrible and hilariously so stunt of him going through the window it's of the great. car is awesome because i was like i was listening to commentary and i was like typing on my little computer taking my little notes and i was like oh that's a great stunt and then i heard the director like laugh at it it's like oh you can just tell it's a puppet and, and then i rewound it and i was like oh shit he's right like you can see the like the arms not doing anything it's like, like torpedoes through the glass and it's very, all of a sudden it seemed very clear to me that yes okay that. <laughs> and it just made me laugh and it, but not in a bad way. Like it's fun. It just I'm just having fun with this movie. I That's mean, what's I, great about it It was
0: obvious to me that it wasn't a stuntman simply because he lands literally on his neck and his head like snaps like like it, the guy <laughs> would literally be dead if, if when he's first going stunt.
1: through the window. You mean no, no, no. no. When,
0: when he hits the ground like by the boulder, like no, he, I
1: think that was I think that was real because cause I think they they caught it at a reverse of him coming through the window. And then when he broke through the window, they cut the other side, and it was like, that is a stuntman. Well, then that's a here. fucking hell of a stunt, because that <laughs> yeah, looked like someone shouldn't plan.
0: survive it. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but uh, but oh, but all of that said, the ups and downs well, of me praising that sequence. On. What did you think of it, the gas station? Uh,
0: you skipped over the best part of the whole damn sequence, which is the explosion. That is an impressive explosion.
1: You know, people kept saying that what? in the commentary. Eh.
0: I don't know. Watch it again, man. That is that you (laughs) you don't see explosions like that very often in movies. Like it is a big fucking explosion.
1: Yeah, I guess I gotta see it again. I don't know. I just remember like Like, they didn't do uh, that
0: with a miniature. That is a giant fireball, (laughs) like the size of a a fucking building.
1: They said they felt the heat and the blast from like very far away, where they're all like safely filming it and watching it, like they could really really feel it maybe i'm just kind of numb to like big movie explosions at this point um michael bay maybe i was just kind of everyone what did michael bay oh yeah i don't know i just i, I kind of watched it with like dead eyes i was like oh yeah there's a big explosion but th- i'm glad it worked for you though the big the big juicy explosion
0: it's huge uh yeah. but yeah no that that sequence is definitely a mixed bag for me
1: mm-hmm. yeah like the the okie doke with the ice and the trunks it's just okay yeah, Just okay that's fine
0: but yeah, it's um I, I think generally speaking, this the the big scale action set pieces in this movie really work. And that that's the reason to watch this thing for sure. But you brought up Dolph Lundgren. We gotta talk about Dolph a little bit. Yes. How familiar are you with him as
1: an action star? I would think, like most people. It's really just Rocky Four for me. Yeah. Like, that's really, like, I... I Rocky Four is my favorite Rocky. I'm very sp- specific with the word choice there is favorite. It's definitely not the best movie of the series, but I just love it. I just absolutely adore that movie. It is the perfect amount of cheese in 80s for me, with the exception of the robot.
0: If I had to guess, that would be the one that I think most people
1: say is their favorite or second favorite. I think so. It's, it's between... It's like, it's one and four. Yeah,
0: it's one for me, but
1: no, and that and that's like the better movie. Like the one is like you know it's a movie. Uh, four is, four is just like holy, there's a lot of cocaine running behind the scenes of this this movie creatively. <laughs> it seems like, um, but I was always really into the Ivan Drago performance, uh, just 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 really cool and just a great sports villain, one of the all time great athletic villains. Um, but outside of that I, I had heard that he had done other action movie stuff and I, I I had heard that um you know it's always sunny in Philadelphia did an episode kind of spoofing him and and even had him in a fake movie that they did within the episode and stuff. Oh, he so he was I knew actually that, in the episode yeah in the later seasons there there's an episode where the gang goes to like a uh screening for uh, for the new like whatever they call it like the Gun, or I can't remember the name of the franchise, and so they get uh, to see this movie before anybody else does, and they get you know marketing people asking the questions. But in that episode, you see clips from the film, and Dolph Lundgren is the star for real, and like, and they shoot it like a real action movie. You know, it's it's pretty fun. That's fun. So I knew he had this history, but I hadn't actually never seen him in a movie outside of Apollo, of Apollo outside of Rocky IV. What what? what you have the same experience. You yeah. were
0: saying, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I was going to say, like, it's. I don't really have any other frame of reference for him, and I think, like, I just had made the assumption based on Rocky IV that he was kind of a one-note actor in in, mm-hmm. in the terms of just you know stoic badass, like probably can't deliver a line very well, but he looks really good, kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's anything but in this movie. He is yeah. the highlight of this movie to me.
1: Dude, he's really good at this. He's really fucking good. He, his, he has so much
0: charisma in this movie. It's like, I had no idea he had this in him.
1: Well, I want to kind of like tunnel in on this a little bit with you. Because we see, like we were talking earlier about the Vietnam sequence. Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam.
0: <Yeah.
1: laughs> we were talking earlier about the <laughs> Vietnam sequence. And, um, you know, we get to see a little bit of his craziness there. Obviously, he's got a necklace made of fucking ears but he's kind of like almost too far gone in a way we don't get to really understand anything about the character except that he's snapped and then he and Jean-Claude Van Damme kill each other and then when we get him sort of reanimated in his zombie mummy mode he is channeling that Rocky Four energy you and I were just talking about just like I will break you and he's very robotic and very kind of Terminator-esque right? And I'm watching this for the first time thinking, oh, that's why they that's why they cast Dolph, because he could just kind of channel this sort of like ironclad, menacing, chill energy. But then as the character starts to really come back and his sort of crazed personality bubbles back up, I was like, I have never seen this side of Dolph before. And it's really good. It's fucking awesome. I think of that scene in the supermarket where he's like ranting to like it's all awesome. the people.
0: I love he's, that scene.
1: It's pitch perfect. It's like a really good performance.
0: It's a little confusing why people are just staying and standing around him. Like they they had ample time to to bolt, but they were just like, this guy's really compelling. I'm gonna stay and listen to this guy for a second.
1: I mean, he is fucking six five, and like just nobody like nobody looks like him, dude. Like what? <laughs> People don't look like that. What I'd listen to that guy if he had a gun. And he, was lo- he was ranting and raving and be like, well, I should leave. But I want to let him finish his thought because <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, but
0: he I mean, he's just he's amazing. And yeah, I, I he is, I, you know, going back to the the chase scene at the Grand Canyon. He has just so many bits where he's just fucking with people while he's, you know, like, taking them out and like it's i don't know like like there is an inherent action star charisma that he brings across in those scenes you know he's doing like a mix of like the joker and like you know tom berenger and platoon and it's it works it's great and and i just yeah i just i had to sing his praises because it it, it caught me off guard i did not expect to be wowed by a dolph lundgren performance at any point
1: in my life but i am I didn't either, and it just made me more interested in him as an actor. It's like I got—is he do any other action movies in this time?
0: Oh, I mean, like, he's in a lot of action movies. I mean, th- th- there's definitely ones to dig into. I, I think mostly it's like direct-to-video stuff and and uh, kind of B movie stuff. Like, so I, I don't think you're gonna get something on the production scale that that this movie is working in. Um, but it'd be interesting to dig into some more of his stuff, just to see if it's like one of those guys where you're just like, the movie might be bad, but Dolph is great. Yeah, you know? dude. Like, I, I, like yeah. there's plenty of actors that I will watch anything they are in, mm-hmm. and I got a vibe of
1: like, Dolph could be one of those guys. Yeah, dude. Again, like, and then and then it it recontextualizes Rocky Four. It does when you because that's an actual and,
0: performance now, as opposed yeah. to just being like a wordless kind of you know, dude.
1: W- a hundred percent. Yeah, you're you're so spot on because like, I knew nothing about him, and with a name like that, I just assumed he was actually like this uh, Russian guy who didn't speak very good English. Like, I just made that a assumption. A non
0: actor who is yeah. just a physical specimen.
1: And I I thought that until like a week ago. <laughs> like I've carried this misconception around, but it just speaks to how strong that actual performance is, and. um do you know anything about that guy's history? By the way, he is a fascinating person. Tell me about him. So he was a martial arts person. In I want to say uh, always <laughs> risk screwing this up. I want to say <laughs> Swedish. I want to say he's Swedish. He's Swedish. Okay, cool. I he got, splits so I got his that time right.
0: between Stockholm and Los Angeles. According so he, to his Wikipedia,
1: in like uh, late teens, early twenties, he was a professional fighter. And he won championships for his weight class in like Australia and in Sweden and I think Japan. So he was like a, a, a championship level legit fighter. And then he quit fighting and got into uh, biochemical engineering because that's what his father did. So he completed his master's as a biochemical engineer and had a full boat scholarship to go to MIT and he wow. was getting ready to do that. And then he like met and fall in love with this girl who was a singer and he kind of got sucked into the entertainment industry a little bit and kind of one thing led to another. And he was just like, I don't know. That seems actually kind of boring. Being an engineer, maybe I'll kind of see where this acting thing goes.
0: Well, your your nameless singer that you reference is Grace Jones, who I referenced earlier in this show. She's one really of the, she's one of the uh, co stars of View to a Kill, the Roger Moore Bond movie that I referenced earlier. Oh with, wow, with Chris dude! That's so
1: she's awesome. like, she's like
0: the main henchman Mayday for for Chris Walken's mm-hmm. bad guy.
1: Oh wow, so that that's crazy. So she was an actor too, then, and a Not model. Just same, right? Yeah, she's yeah, she's
0: yeah. a a crazy uh, personality from entertainment at that time. You should definitely read more about Grace Jones because she is wild.
1: Yeah, well, I guess so. But, I mean, it's just crazy because, I, I don't know, again, it just speaks to how good his performance in Rocky IV was because I just assumed he was just some meathead, I will break you guy. Right, And he's, like, actually this incredibly smart uh, person. And then we see a totally, completely different energy that he's working on in this movie, where he is uh, manic and crazed and paranoid and off the reservation and energetic and, and charismatic and kind of twistedly charming in some sort of bizarre way and mm-hmm. funny. And um, I don't know, I was literally, I wrote it down today and I don't think I was taking crazy pills. I think he's kind of in my personal discussion for best action movie villains of all time. Even though I think this movie is wow. just like a BB plus level action movie, like uh, his performance and his like villain in this and the little touches too the that the writers and production did with the ear necklace and creepy shit like that. It all added up to just be like I'm trying to think of other great villains and I think of um do do you know the uh character's name in Die Hard? with the over the walkie the main the main villain of that movie i can't think of the character's name alan rickman Uh, plays him klaus or something hans uh hans gruber hans gruber like that that is another incredible villain in an action movie performance But but this is really up there for me and i think of that scene driving along the canyon rim Mm -hmm. and he's leaning out that window standing with the m60 just shooting it and it's just like, okay, that's just a really cool quote-unquote old-school action movie shot. It's just a badass guy, one-hand shooting an M60 out the window of this coolest truck I've ever seen. I'm just like, dude, I'm sorry. You know, I just like that. That's just cool. And he really, um, he, he's going so big in this movie, but it really, really fucking works. And he just seems like the coolest guy. And, and if he had another film under his belt for this year for our 50, I I would be toying with Big Dog wow. status. Wow. Like I, I really was over the moon about this performance. He's got some Big Dog energy. He carries himself yeah. with some swagger for sure. Dude, absolutely. And again, it's just the movie is, is I don't think it really planned to do this necessarily, but I was so pleasantly surprised because it begins with Rocky 4 energy. So it was all such an Easter egg to me when it blossoms into something totally different and I was like I did not know he could go there and I'm loving it
0: I I did want to also just shout out the fact that uh Dolph Lundgren and I we have a close kinship because we are both supporters of Everton football club from Liverpool. he's an Everton guy he is also an Everton supporter so he is very near and dear to my heart all of a sudden out of nowhere
1: yeah you know I noticed did you catch in the film he had some like voice cracks every now and again no, His I don't voice know would I like break. It was really funny. Like he's like when he when they're in there having their epic confrontational showdown at the farmhouse in the rain and he like has the gun with a laser pointer and points uh-huh. it at her head and like squeezes the trigger and it doesn't go. He's like it's empty. And his voice like cracks. <laughs> and it happens a couple other times when he's like chucking grenades at the bus from the super truck. And he's like, "Want to play catch?" And he's just (laughs) doing those cheesy one-liners, like one after the other. And Drew, it leads me to a very serious question. I
0: think I had the same question that I was about to interrupt you with, but you do you want
1: to do you want to ask it? No, because it's a great question. I
0: want you to ask it
1: to listeners out there who might be fans of Party Down. This will make sense to you, Drew is Party Down referencing this movie with that running joke?
0: That's exactly the question I was going to ask you. I, if I had to answer, given the fact that that show is very overt about its film references, especially in that first episode where that line is, is coined or, or repeated depending on
1: how you want to view it. Do you want to give your shot at the line, by the way?
0: Are we having fun yet?
1: Dude, that was perfect. You channeled Adam Scott's character beautifully there.
0: I tried to put some disdain in it, but I was smiling, so it probably sounded sounded yeah. wrong.
1: No, it was great. But just it's gotta have a con- lot of
0: like searing, <laughs> like self-loathing built There's into how you say it. There's some resentment
1: percolating yeah. in it for sure. Yeah. Just for a little bit of context for people who haven't seen Party Down, this is certainly not a spoiler. It's the first episode, like Drew said. Adam Scott is this down and out actor who had fame in commercials where he did a beer commercials. And that was like his character in the commercials, like tagline was, are we having fun yet? And I've never heard it outside of party down. And now this movie. So I think you might be onto something. Well, that-
0: in that episode, they also are directly referencing repo man. Cause they do the, um mm-hmm. ordinary fucking people bit mm-hmm. in that. And so I got to believe that there's some inspiration there.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think so. Cause like, it's so specific. And I, I, when, I sh- when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, my God, we have to talk about this. Well, I
0: literally, when I watched it the first time, I took a video of the TV screen and sent it to Jared. I didn't even take the time to find the YouTube video because I was so excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then get this. I texted Drew this today. I wanted to find a meme of it or a GIF to send. It doesn't exist. We got to make this happen, people. Just picturing a world, Drew, where you and I... At some party, and something bizarre happens, or it's just it's just off. And I text you the Dolph Lundgren one, and you text me the Adam Scott one, or vice versa. It's like we need that. We need that in our universe. We do. The, we need to have this.
0: You know, it also makes me think if I ever have the opportunity to ask Adam Scott or Paul Rudd, or any of the like original producers and writers of, of Party Down a question, my question is going to be, is that inspired by Universal Soldier?
1: Dude, yes. Dude, dude, like, I, like There's no question
0: in my mind that that is going to be the first question that comes yeah. to
1: mind when I talk to anyone from that show,
0: which is well, never.
1: They, dude, there is what? There's a limited season coming out? There is. Of, and so maybe they'll be doing some press tours? Maybe we could... Slip in there and ask a question, just in the audience, like microphone passed around, like.
0: Well, we do have have a (laughs) public-facing podcast at this point. Maybe we can trick some uh, poor, (laughs) like marketing intern, into getting us a pass to to one of those Q and A's or something.
1: Well, I know that in the past, if not in, because we definitely
0: don't deserve it. Let's be real.
1: You're no, 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 no. But you're a, uh, you have been in in, the past a a Reddit guy. Maybe they'll do it. They're doing an AMA. At some point. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Stop the recording. Shit. Save it. Save it. Hold on.
0: For listeners who oh. are uh, hearing this right now, which is at the oh. end of the episode, almost certainly. Jared just spilled I think something we're okay. on his laptop. I saw a splash I think through we're okay. the webcam. And Jared is frantically looking for... <laughs> something to dry up this liquid and i can't hear a word he's saying because his mic that he's using for (laughs) both recording and the the google meet is not plugged in so i'm just getting oh it got a thumbs up okay we're alive oh okay now he's wiping the screen
1: god this must have been some spill a few moments later thank you for that great Commentary, Drew. I could hear you through my end as I was scrambling to address this massive liquid problem. Oh, my yeah. L- well, let's let's talk about this. So, so tell us what happened. I, I
0: from my perspective, what I heard was a oh shit, a clink, and then liquid splashing in front of the webcam. Yes. What happened from that point?
1: So I was I don't know. Were we talking about Dolph? Where, who, who, what were we talking knows, about? The, I was I wasn't. is the
0: derailment of all derailments, but I think we covered yeah. most of what we need to talk
1: about <laughs> yeah, with we Dolph. Did. We got Dolph covered. Hold on. I'm still mopping up some some liquids here. Jared Holy is now shit. using
0: his shirt as a mop. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's one of my good shirts, too. So um I was I was being very expressive about something. I don't know what it was. You're and,
0: effusive for Dolph right now.
1: Yeah, I was praising Dolph. Big, fat, beefy Dolph praise and i was gesturing pretty hardcore and I, I i swiped my arm to my right and i just totally biffed this topo chico that was open and next to me you know and it spilled all this topo chico on my laptop keyboard on the screen and i have not had any real liquid issues with this macbook in the past i've had it for about 3 years or so So I don't know how it handles it. So I was just like, oh my gosh, did I, did I just totally fuck up my, my laptop? So I, was in a panic. I do want to say that your,
0: your gesturing wildly very much evoked another uh, always sunny bit that I just absolutely love, which is the wine in a can bit. Canned where, wine? Where Mac is like, like he's like, you know, this can is is really conducive to my it's wild really, hand gestures. It's really
1: good for my gesturing. You know, <laughs> Frank's really onto something with his canned wine. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I was looking online today for that Dolph Lundgren bit from Sonny where it's the scene where Charlie and Mac are first pitching the idea to each other. Yes. And they just like, I couldn't find that scene on YouTube where they just like universally are like, who is the most badass person in cinema history? And Charlie, like without answering, he's just like, Oh, Dolph Lundgren, Exactly. Mac's like, Dolph Lundgren, a hundred percent. You know, it's just like such a funny specific reference. But anyway,
0: let's talk about Roland Emmerich. How do you feel about Roland Emmerich generally? Are you are you familiar with him? What movies have you seen, etc.?
1: Patriot. I know it's kind of like a. I knew you a, were going to say that. I know, I know. It's, I know it's a very sort of uh, traditional, sort of like uh, colonial revenge <laughs> sort of movie. I can't think of like how to put it, um, but. Um, <laughs> It's you know it's I very love the
0: idea of instead of the American Revolution we can just refer to it as colonial revenge <laughs>
1: colonial revenge <laughs> I mean it's very um, it's very typical in a lot of ways and and um it's a very much a like a movie of its time, it's sort of like late nineties early aughts big action adventure movie in the vein of like a gladiator or or something it's like that. It's an
0: absurd movie. I I do yeah. get enjoyment out of it. I have a soft spot for the Patriot, but yes, it, yeah, I it's, understand it's, all of the criticisms of that movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's all fair. I'm not going to argue with anybody who's like that movie is cheesy and it's ridiculous and it's inaccurate and all this stuff. It's like that's fine, but it's just it's just a it's just a fun movie, dude. So I dig that one. I have never seen in one sitting Independence Day. Really? I've seen, I've seen the entire movie. Are you movie. even a child of our generation? I just wasn't that into that it. That movie I think was everything to my, I know, height, to, I know. to my elementary school crowd. I I think I maybe when it first hit, I wasn't allowed to see it or something, and I kind of missed it. Hmm. And then, I don't know, so I've seen it. A kind of in a Frankenstein fashion where I've seen it in pieces. And, and now that I'm older, I don't really feel the need to like, oh, man, it's a shamer. I got to go back and see every frame. Like, I don't know. I don't think I've missed any of it. And I think it's all I think, up here, you know?
0: I don't know. I th- I think that movie deserves a revisit for a couple of reasons. I think, number one, it is a really well-constructed, you know, kind of disaster epic. And, and I you know, that movie is flawed for sure. Like I don't I don't think it's like highbrow cinema by any means, but it's worth watching for that. And it's also worth watching just to see the star emerging in terms of Will Smith. I mean, that is a pure movie star performance that is like it's it, there's a funny anecdote about how when they were casting that movie, they wanted Ethan Hawke for that part. And Ethan Hawke turned it down. And in later years, because I mean, '96, Ethan Hawke is—he's a young guy. He's—he's—he's he's, he's at the same you know kind of point in his career as Will Smith. He's way—he's actually a much bigger star than Will Smith at that point. Um, but he turned it down. And and in interviews recently, Ethan Hawke has said that when he went to see that movie and he saw Will Smith punch the alien in the face and say "Welcome to Earth," he was like, "Oh." that that's what they needed that that's what this part deserved because he was like this is this is lowbrow bullshit I don't want to be a part of this like you know he's 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 an actor's actor and mm-hmm. he he just wanted to do high art and when he saw it he was like oh it's like it's a movie star thing like like I just you know not to say that Ethan Hawke isn't a movie star but there's a certain energy that Will Smith brings across in that movie that's Undeniable movie star electric energy. Mm-hmm. It's worth watching for
1: that, and it's the only way it works. Is with that 100%. is a very specific type of type of charisma. Um, those are the two that come to mind now. Do sure. you have others in front of you? There's other. Are there others that you dig? Sure. Um, in terms of one one that I dig, the day after
0: tomorrow. I actually really like that movie. I, you know, that yeah. movie gets a lot of shit in, like, you know, the film snobbery community. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I find that to be a really well constructed. Again, like a disaster epic. He does. He he can really do that well when he's at his best. Roland Emmerich, that is. Um, yeah. So I I really like that movie. The Godzilla remake he did, and that movie is a disaster, but I actually have Dude. fun with it as much as it's a disaster. I like that movie, Oh, it's a man. bad movie. It's 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 a borderline
1: awful movie, like
0: maybe one of the worst epics, like summer blockbusters of the it's 90s. It's got
1: Hank Azaria in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Matthew argument Broderick? for it is Hank is in it. Jean Renault? I mean, that's a good cast. Jean
0: Renault gets nothing to do in that movie.
1: I don't know. I still thought he was cool, man. Whenever that guy shows up, I'm just interested. He is the, the coolest guy I've ever... Look, he I, he I, is the French big dog.
0: I'm I'm telling you, I have a soft spot for it, but it's a bad movie. Yeah. So so there's that. That was his follow-up to Independence Day. But before Independence Day, he did Stargate, and that movie's really fun. If you've never watched Stargate, it's well worth a watch. Never seen it. James Spader, Kurt Russell, uh, like sci-fi it's it's really a fun movie and there's a reason it inspired like a dozen tv spin-offs that have made 200 episodes each like it's it's one of those it's it's a star trek type kickoff to a a whole kind of series of things um and that was masterminded by roland emmerich and his partner dean devlin uh, who Devlin, yeah. He collaborated on this movie with Dean Devlin was brought in after Roland Emmerich was hired to do some script tweaking. Um, so he gets he gets a co-writing credit, a co-writing credit on this movie. Um, but him and and Roland Emmerich were kind of the duo that that were behind this whole run of you know this through the day after tomorrow, basically.
1: Yeah, I wanted to give Dean Devlin a quick shout out. Um, In the commentary I heard today, I'm pretty sure it was him because I was trying to recognize the voices. And, you know, you could tell Dolph and you could tell Jean-Claude, obviously. And Roland has a very thick German accent. I believe that's where he's from. So kind of like the only kind of, you know, traditional American voice was Dean. So I'm pretty sure he said this. Um, But he said uh, what we're trying to do was to make... Oh, I want to hit this too. Also, like the people who made this movie, especially Dean and and Roland, were liking the movie more than they expected. Because this was one of those like 10, 15 year anniversary sort of deals. And like, so they got probably roped into doing a commentary for this movie from the beginning of their career. And they're just like, okay. And I think they just they liked it more than they thought. And Dean said, um, What we were trying to do was to make fun of them. And by them, he meant like cheesy kind of action movies and be one at the same time. And I think it was successful at that. I thought that that really sums this movie up nicely. It's like it's poking fun at movies of these genres, but also embracing the fact that it is that also. And like, I think that was really well said by Dean. But yeah, so it seems like Roland's one of those guys who kind of like has a bit of a posse. Sounds like he works with Dean a lot, lo- looks a lot with the same actors. I mean, we'll get into it. There's a ton of that guys in this movie. I'm just like, oh, there's that, I know that face and this and that. Um, one of them that occurs to me now is the guy Leon Rippey, yeah. who is in The Patriot as well. He plays sort of in um, Universal Soldier. He plays one of the lead scientists, the guy with the glasses, who's like, wait, I didn't sign up for this sort of vibe. Um, he's great in The Patriot. He is really good in that movie. You're yeah, right. that's that. That's that. Like uh, one of the most emotional things I've ever seen in a movie is when um, I'm laughing just because you wouldn't expect it to be in the Patriot. Right. But when he commits suicide after finding uh, his son, his son's body with the wooden gun that he gave him is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in a movie. Like when it just it it's just perfectly performed. Yeah, and is really shocking when it happens.
0: I also see on his IMDb, and we we talked about this. Uh, I can't remember if it was in the episode or or before, but uh, no, no, it was it was in the Last of Sheila episode. We talked about Deadwood. He apparently mm-hmm. is in thirty six episodes of Deadwood.
1: Oh yeah, he's uh he's like a bartender there. He like owns a he owns like a, a bar. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he's a
0: he's a really talented actor, and I, I even in this movie he he stands out for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's great. My vibe on Roland overall is like, I don't know, he's like a B, he churns out like B-plus movies. Just like really solid, really fun movies. Is that your vibe with him too? At least at this point in his career, yeah. Yeah, and I guess he, he was saying that this movie for him was like a pretty big risk at the time. And it sounds like his thought process was something similar to Richard Linklater's about School of Rock, where he had had this sort of success overseas, meaning meaning in Germany, I assume, with like small films, and he was like, "Well, let's just go see if I could do this thing." Like this was a very unexpected turn for him, like you know, arrival in Hollywood, and he's doing a Jean Claude Van Damme action movie. Like I guess this was very unexpected, and like agents were trying to talk him out of it, sort of thing. Um, but I think it's cool that he was like, "Yeah, why not?" Let's try it. Let's try to pull it off.
0: Yeah, I I think overall I don't think he's a groundbreaking filmmaker or he's he you know, he's not he's not a guy who's going to reinvent the wheel, but at least certainly in the 90s and and early 2000s I think he he hit on a certain way of making satisfying large-scale action movies. And I, I appreciate him in you know, on that level. I, I you know, his recent stuff has been utter shit. Uh basically from ten thousand BC through Moonfall, which came out last year. Like I, I I mean, I haven't seen Moonfall. I have seen Independence Day Resurgence and Twenty Twelve and Ten Thousand B C and all of those are awful movies. Um Twenty Twelve is I guess probably the best of that that group, but um Still not a good
1: movie.
0: Hope he gets it back on track. I'd like to see a fun Roland Emmerich movie. He he, he has that in him.
1: Yeah, well, we saw it. we definitely saw it here. This movie is nothing if not fun. For sure. There was something I wanted to hit home about the Jean-Claude Van Damme performance of... I mentioned earlier how I'm intrigued to see more of his stuff. I should clarify, it wasn't due to the action scenes. Um... Like thinking of his his kind of kicks and his fighting style in these scenes, it was that's not what was making me think like, Oh, I gotta see more of this guy. For me, it was scenes like in the diner before the fight breaks out. And when he's being this kind of socially awkward, I'm like, Ah, oh, he's really funny. Like he's got a like good the fish comedic- out of water stuff. Yeah. He had good comedic timing and he was you know, I don't know, I just I, I liked him as a as a performer. And I think those things were really cool, the, like the the high kicks and the slow motion kicks. They were fine, they, you know. But they were, I wasn't like, whoa, like I got to see more of this crazy. Audiences athleticism. at the
0: time were like, whoa.
1: Yeah, and that's I, I I could see I could see why I just didn't share in that whoa. Well,
0: when you're comparing it to uh, Wrists of Steel, Steven Seagal,
1: yeah, uh, where he's was... like, do you remember? Do you remember in uh, Kung Fu Hustle where uh, the main character is on the bus and he does like the snake thing at that guy and the guy just like <laughs> slaps him in the face. That's like Steven Seagal's fighting style to me in movies. It's a little sneaky thing that the yeah, guy does. I mean,
0: he barely muscle. moves his body beyond his yeah. biceps.
1: Yeah. No, dude, he is... Uh, I, they need to make a Steven Seagal movie where he's like in a Stephen Hawking like wheelchair type. Like he's paraplegic and he's just like fighting people off.
0: It's so <laughs> funny. I Like after I watched this movie... The The first movie that was recommended on HBO Max was uh, Executive Decision. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: No. Is it a Seagal? It's a Kurt Russell and
0: Seagal plays like a supporting character. But wow. uh, Seagal at the, the opening scene of that movie, he's like breaking into some compound and he stabs three guys in the neck like straight out of the gates. Like and, <laughs> and it's the most <laughs> absurd thing you've ever seen. You're like. Like, yeah, there's no way he would have gotten all three fucking puncture wounds in there, like in the middle. But somehow he's able to stab three straight guys in the same spot of the, of the neck. It's amazing.
1: Dude, it was, I was watching a Seagal movie with my, buddy, with my great friend Reed. And uh, we were just laughing at This was maybe five years ago or so. And the movie opens with him at, at like a computer, just typing up a story. And he goes through this massive <laughs> story. And the movie ends with him returning to his computer to continue writing <laughs> and, my, and my buddy Reed goes just another day in the life <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> yeah he's uh, let me deal with this
0: distraction
1: fucking ridiculous I'll get back to my life story um, anyway um, yeah so there was an actor here you did you want to give a shout out to there was uh, there's one we yeah, missed
0: yeah. and um, he's Arguably, the most famous of anyone in this movie outside of JCVD. Um, his name's Jerry Orbach, and he is the star of the original Law and Order." He made like 2,000
1: episodes of Law and Order. Wow. And I thought he looked familiar. I couldn't place it.:
0: Yeah, so he plays Dr. Gregory in this movie. He is also Lumiere in "Beauty and the Beast," and he is a Broadway legend.
1: Wow! And so he's showing up here. That's why he got the and because he was like barely in this movie. Which, you like, know, Who the when fuck's I saw
0: guy? that he was in this movie, I was really, really hoping that he was going to have this great little supporting turn, you know, where he's like the highlight of a, a shitty movie. And I was really disappointed. I wanted so much more Jerry Orbach than we got. And we basically just get this scene,
1: you know, where it, it looked Terrible like it filmed scene. for like one day. Apparently they had in the story it was going to be totally different where he was going to actually right. turn out to be a villain, I guess. Well, so
0: they filmed an alternate ending to this movie.
1: I should have watched it, dude. I had that as a special feature, but I'd watched most of them and we were coming up to record time and it's like, I don't need to see the alternate ending. I should have watched it.
0: The alternate ending is on the special edition DVD. It's at the farmhouse What mm-hmm. after Dolph Lundgren shows up. He takes... The parents hostage, and uh, I'll, I'll just read the Wikipedia entry. It says, as Devereaux grabs a shotgun in the kitchen, the front door opens, and he sees his mother at the door before Scott shoots her to death. In the final fight between Devereaux and Scott, Devereaux does not use Scott's muscle enhancers. Shortly after grinding Scott to death, Devereaux is shot by his father before Doctor Christopher Gregor and his men appear. Gregor explains that he used Devereaux to entrap both Scott and him and that Devereaux was staying with the people posing as his parents. He then has his men shoot Devereaux, but before Devereaux dies, the police and Robert's news crew arrive. The news crew douses Devereaux with a fire extinguisher to stabilize him. While Dr. Gregor and his men are arrested. Roberts is given the microphone to cover the arrest, but she loses all composure while on the air, dropping the microphone to comfort Devereaux. Uh, Several days later, Devereaux is reunited with his real parents. The film ends with a eulogy narrated by Roberts, who explains that Devereaux rejected all life-prolonging medication before dying a natural death. Mm. Interesting alternate cool ending. ending. It's it's a movie from a better sci-fi movie, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was maybe right for how this thing turned out to shift it to this
0: but it's interesting because i you know reading that i i had assumed that jerry orbach had taken this as just a paycheck job and just showed up for a day and you know got the and and you know that that was that but it, it sounds like he filmed a lot more for this movie that they just didn't include right yeah crazy though to think that rance howard who plays his dad in this movie who is ron howard's dad
1: yeah, <laughs> so, so crazy so to weird. think that
0: they were going to position him as a bad guy in this because he is like yeah. the most like down home, you know, country good which would father have been great ever.
1: <laughs> it would have been so against height you know? It would have been. Yeah,
0: but anyway, but that's the alternate anyhow. ending. We mentioned Rance Howard. Any other actors we want to touch
1: on, or are we moving on? I think we're good to move on, man. I think we hit uh, we hit everyone I wanted to chat about, but but solid performances throughout for sure. It's a well acted movie, despite being a, a, a schlocky, 90s yeah, silly. movie. Yeah, silly. Yeah, I feel like it's time. True, I think it's time for yet another installment of Top Brutes. How you feel about that? I'm in. All right, all right. I have a little list that I made live and in the moment as I was on first watch of my Top Brutes. You, if I understand, are coming from the hip. Shooting shoot, shoot from the hip, did not write down any top roots. So with that in mind, would you like me to run through my list or do you want to pop any out there now? Why don't
0: you give me your list and I'll add to it as necessary.
1: Okay, okay. But hold so on, Whoa, says, hold on. Mm-hmm. Leave your top one for the end. Okay, I am going to leave my top one for the end. All right, I'm highlighting the one I will not say. Starting off with an easy one. The reporter who shot in the head in the beginning of the movie, pretty unexpected, pretty unexpected brute of because it's the first time like we saw Dolph Lundgren just like shoot someone in the face. who was kind of a civilian outside of his crazy. Well, he Nam did it
0: days. in Vietnam in the first yeah, scene of the movie
1: His it, Vietnam days. But like, you know, we had had like we had kind of been led into that by like, oh, Sarge went crazy. He's killing everybody. This one was a little like he's defying. It's, it's a little more superior. Out of nowhere, you're A right. little more surprising. And it although was like, it
0: is like the fifth headshot in the movie at that point,
1: dude, crazy. There's so many, so many terrorists gets headshots. That that one person who um, the guy from Gladiator pops. who's like at the other end. of the, He gets it right in the face. Like uh, yeah, the first person who gets executed on screen is headshot. It's just headshot city. But I thought that the reporter was the was the most brutal of the headshots uh next on the list we have what i'm calling (laughs) the grenade thing which is the most (laughs) poorly shot ridiculous scene i guess they intended for him to survive it and you know what i'm talking about when um the soldiers have begun turning and the lead scientist guy who's played by that guy who's in the patriot too He like tries to tell the gladiator guy to hold onto this grenade and then drop it 30 seconds later. And they're just like, it's kind of an interesting death scene, but it just cuts to like some exterior shot of the truck and like a puff of smoke. And then it's just over. (laughs) It's very anticlimactic. It's super anticlimactic. Apparently they wanted to have, they originally had that character surviving that, but I guess they just, they just reversed course. But, uh, I Even though it's shot poorly, I thought that was a pretty good brute. Like, that was just kind of a funny way to go in the film. Now we're getting into serious territory here. Okay. We have Memory Syringe by that guy who gets it through his face. Memory Syringe from Dolph Lundgren.
0: Can I make one quibble with that one? Sure. I. It's a good brute, don't get me wrong. But it would have been better if they let him... Still, like, move his eyes around and look like alive still after the needle yep. goes through because that is too that's small fair. of a needle to commit to, to kill him instantly. Yep, and yep. it would have been yep. so much gnarlier if he was like aware of the fact that there's a ne- needle sticking out of the front of his face. Dude, we got a I was these disappointed brutes.
1: with that one. You wanted a little eye wobble. I, a w- like I
0: wanted. <laughs> some, I wanted some more gnarliness.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But still a brute. It's. I think it's, it's a still mild a brute. brute, but
0: it's. A, it's an. It's, it's not an a top. Unfulfilled brute.
1: Yep, yep. Just like the grenade. The grenade could have been so much more. It's a blue ball brute. All right, I have second to last, Discharged Sarge, <laughs> which is the line that Van Damme delivers to Dolph Lundgren when he's stuck on, I don't know what you call that, a combine? whatever. So that that's not the-
0: your top, top brute. No, because
1: that was the first one that came to mind as my top route. I mean, it's the easiest. It, it's it's. I think it's the easy, easy choice, choice, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like he's got he's got things stuck. He's got like a crucifixion thing going on with those like nails coming through his hands. He's stuck on it, and then we get that great action movie cheesy line of like you're discharged. Charged. He gets chopped up. Ears and other things come flying out of the chute it's so over the top and somehow probably-
0: less gory though than the one <laughs> yeah. in uh, on her majesty's <laughs> secret service
1: yeah and in a pg movie versus an r movie like go <laughs> go fucking figure Um, that's the OG Top Brute. You know, it's going to be tough to someone to knock knock that off the mountain for Top Brute of the Year because it's so unexpected. We're watching the 60s James Bond movie. Ha, ha, ha. And then all of a sudden there's like sinew and intestines flying through the snow. Um, Anyway. Children's (laughs) movie. Yeah, it's a nice little kid's movie. My number one, I think it's debatable, but I think it's right for me. The Face Punch. Do you remember the face punch? Remind me. So Dolph Ludgren is like kind of really becoming his true self for the first time. And and one of the scientists <laughs> tries to stop him. And he punches through the guy's like uh hazmat suit face shield, and the fist goes into the guy's face <laughs> and he twists it and it's like embedded in his face <laughs> and it twists it and is my choice for top brute. Face That's a pretty punch. Good one. I, I need into to re-watch the face that. twist.
0: I need to rewatch that to see how brutal it actually is. It's a good one
1: though. Yeah, it is from because it was so unexpected. He's like, oh, he just decks this guy in the face, but like the fact that it went into the face. I didn't
0: catch that it went in his face because it didn't look like there was a hole in his face when they cut. to the, the
1: close So it. when they pulled the face, he was kind of just like bloodied, and he's like fell over. But when you when the fist actually hits in, it's like going into like a fake face Jesus. and like going in it's like the craziest okay. things so i was like i was like okay that's my choice for top root i like it um, i like the choice yeah i still any other come no Go i ahead. still
0: am going with the combine grinder i i think yeah. that's the the gnarliest to me it's, it's,
1: if you know it's probably the right choice discharge charge i mean come on um
0: i think all the people who get their ears sliced off would count as top yes yep. Mm-hmm. You don't see any uh you know you're you're not getting a reservoir dog's take on on the ear slicing, but nope. it's uh it's implied and that's that's enough. The the necklace alone is enough to make you you queasy.
1: I forgot there was an honorable mention. The bus driver of the prison transportation. That was going to be what at- I was going to say next. That, <laughs> oh, that's was the only other
0: one <laughs> you were missing is <laughs> you know that guy gets lit up.
1: <laughs> he really does dude. He gets absolutely shredded.
0: That guy's got like 15 bullet holes in his face alone.
1: Yeah. That doesn't, Dolph Your driver doesn't look so hot. <laughs> He's just like, What does that mean?
0: It's, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a good one. Um, I mean, you could also throw in the uh, the Universal soldiers who are, are on fire. Uh, yeah. I mean, they get, you know, they're not feeling it as much as everyone else. That's is, a brute. But it's That's a brute.
1: A Dolph going through the windshield is kind of brute.
0: Dolph going through the lung, the, Dolph yep. going through the lung, <laughs> Dolph going through the windshield is a brute, um, you know, I, there's, there's a, a, a mist brute, which is the two, the, the couple in the bed should have gotten shredded by all that uh, yep. shrapnel yep. And, and gunfire going into their motel room. Mist brute. That's that's a yep. mist brute. Yep. Just yep. give us that brute. I mean, look,
1: you if, you're going, if you're going all the way with this thing, you got to go all the way. You want to talk about a missed brute? How about the guy who works at the hotel? I had oh. it locked in. I was like, oh, this guy's going to get it Get it bad. He's such a dick. He's so annoying. I
0: thought he was going to get it like uh, the dude in, in Terminator 2 who gets the spear through the throat.
1: Yeah, I thought he was going to get it in the worst way possible. And he survives it to have some security deposit quip. And I was like, this guy should have Not been it. brooded out the window. Not like, he worth should have it. That, brooded joke, hard. that
0: joke is a cutting room floor joke, and you should yeah. have put a brood in its place.
1: Yeah. yeah. Someone should have like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what. But Get the mother out could of could here. We don't need the mother in this scene. Yeah. This guy needs... He is. we've all dealt with customer service assholes like this. Actually, nobody has. That's just in movies. Nobody's that aggressive about $50 for the phone. I don't know. I got
0: charged like, <laughs> $140 for bringing two dogs to a motel one time. So yeah, oh, I've been wow. in that situation.
1: Should have had some super shoulders and he would have been able to quip his way out of it, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, that's a missed brute too. too. Um, but there's some good ones in this. There are. And we'll see if any of them get on kind of year's best list, but for me, Face Punch and Discharged Sarge are good, but I'm glad you mentioned the, the Bus Driver too. That one is good.
0: Well, you mentioned it first,
1: but yes. Well, yeah, but it was yours. I It was of. I, 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 I stepped on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sniped.
0: <laughs> well, I think we're heading towards wrap-up here. Any bullet points you want to hit before we jump out of this thing?
1: For sure. This is definitely a bullet pointy type of movie. I'll just throw a couple out there. When the Discharged Sarge Combine thing that we were just talking about. Great action movie line when she comes running up and asks where he is and Jean-Claude Van Damme says he's around. It's a pretty great line. (laughs) I really dug that. Way too many sound effects of the fucking eye cameras. It's like, enough. Give us one or two and then just get rid of them. We don't need to hear them every time they're scanning something.
0: Yeah, that's a relic of the 90s.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was kind of weird, and upon rumination, I think it makes me like the movie even more, that the people, like the normal people they interact with in this movie, oftentimes they're just not intimidated. <laughs> like, dude, John claude Van Damme is, seems like anyway he's going to stiff the bill at this diner he's at. And this kind of like walrusy type of guy... It <laughs> makes a little more insulting than it should be, but this Walrusy you type of guy—you can that guy.
0: He's actually yeah. he, he, well, whatever. Uh, anyway, don't, we don't need to get into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he comes out from the from behind the grill, and he's like, "Whoa, ho, you got to kick my ass!" And I'm like, "Dude, do you not have eyes?" John Claude Van Damme is like. Jacked, and obviously something seems off with him. And you're like, "You don't, dude! I'm gonna beat the tar out of you!" Well, and then they just
0: one by one like attack him instead of all grabbing him. Like they like one by one just get their shit rocked.
1: Yeah, and it's just like let's just do it one at a time. And like again, that fight scene is really just nothing special. But I, I liked everything up to scene, it actually. I I, I oh, like really? the way
0: that he's like eating in between all the stuff he's doing. That part I liked. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. just that the nonchalant. Good way that he beats the shit out of those guys is is kind of fun. Yeah,
1: that's good. Um, But right after that scene, we have Dolph Lundgren showing up in the most insane truck anybody's seen at this strip club. And he walks, he approaches with a necklace made out of human ears. (laughs) <laughs> Asking about was these people
0: by this scene.
1: who are on the lamb, and this guy, this little twerp, goes, "Nice, nice necklace. I got one just like it, made out of noses." And then he just instantly gets kicked in the face. Three people actually get whapped in the face by Dolph Lundgren in one just,
0: successive move. He, yeah, yeah, he just he never puts his <laughs> bap, foot bat, bap.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, who does this guy think he is? This crazed guy comes out with ears, necklaces, and he's gonna—he's gonna drop a quip
0: out of a giant military-like design truck that looks futuristic. Like, you don't mm-hmm. fuck with that guy. You're just like, yeah. What, sorry, what is I haven't seen him. With you?
1: Yeah, sorry, I haven't seen him. That's what you say there. Um, and then, last note for me. I really like this moment that happened in the film that turned out to be something of an accident. But I think it works towards the movie's advantage overall. Do you remember in the climactic in the rain battle scene, Dolph Lundgren throws that grenade that gives Jean-Claude Van Damme flashbacks to what happened in Vietnam. And he, Jean-Claude thinks that the reporter has blown up and he has his action hero movie slow motion rise in front of the flames and in the rain and it's his like moment of courage and defiance and no, and then he proceeds to get the shit beaten out of him, meaning Jean-Claude, until he gets like, the drugs. Until he gets the drugs, and for like another like 3 minutes. Yeah. And on first watch I was like, I really like that. I feel like they were playing with sort of action movie expectations of like this is the moment where the hero stands up, but then no, he still gets the shit kicked out of him for another few minutes. And I thought that I was like, oh that's really smart. They're playing with the form. I was completely wrong. It was a reshoot. So they had him like slowly rising in the rain and then it was supposed to pretty quickly cut to the whole combine discharge charge thing. But the audience feedback was that the fight scene wasn't long enough and it needed to be longer. So they went back and added that whole stuff that like trickles into the farmhouse and they like kind of duke it out there for a while. So it was kind of an accident. But if you don't know that story and just watch it, it seems like they're, they're Mm. going against expectations a little bit. And I actually thought it, it it worked even though it might have been a bit of a mistake yeah
0: i mean i now knowing that i kind of wish they didn't do that reshoot because i think it would have worked better without it and you know if it's a if it's a little short the movie peaks from an action perspective with the grand canyon sequence like 20 minutes before that yeah so like i don't I don't really get the complaint of there's not enough action. There's plenty of action. Just have the fight end and, and like have it be more of a dramatic, uh, conclusion as opposed to like dragging that shit out. I, I don't know. I would have, I probably would have liked them to stick to the trope a little closer. Yeah. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. Mm
1: -hmm. But that's it for me. You got any notes, any kind of things you wanted to,
0: I've got a few things I want to touch on. Um, First, I just wanted to mention a line that Jerry Orbach, as Dr. Gregory, has that just made my eyes roll till I could see my brain. Um, His line of explaining the technology behind the universal soldiers is by hyper accelerating the bodies, we discovered we could turn dead flesh into living tissue.
1: What? Yeah, that just sums it up right there, fellas. That is,
0: that is a throwing your hands up explanation <laughs> yeah. for, like, they didn't even try.
1: Yeah, it's like, did someone who speaks English write this scene? What the hell is that? It almost it feels seems like, like s- the
0: movie is, like, daring you to question it. Like, oh, you're, you're going to question this, you fucking nerds?
1: Yeah, I think they just, like, and they also kind of, like, fast forwarded through it. Like, he says it it's kind of, like, I so. don't know, it's just like, Let, don't think, don't dwell. Whoa, what's that? <laughs> it's like <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Here, look, laser pointer. Here, yeah, Dolph's got an M sixty, and I, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I get what you're saying. It's kind of like can, nothing better than that. Yeah, like just say just you can honestly just say we found a way to regenerate human tissue. Right, just leave it at that. You could just yeah, you don't need to say you don't need you just keep it even, even simpler. Yeah. Like we're not expecting this scientist to explain to this reporter how it works necessarily. But anyway,
0: I also thought it was hilarious that luke Devereaux's homestead like the the home he grew up in the farm is named something like moreau like everything that is french has to end in r-a-u-x you know like it's just like it's so stupid <laughs> it's just like but it made me laugh so much that like his last name is Devereaux and his you know fa- family farm is named moreau or something
1: yeah, like, yeah. it's so dumb <laughs> oh, i good. love
0: that I also wanted to mention the funniest bit in the movie to me, without question.
1: Ooh, here we go.
0: Is when he's trying to part ways with Allie Walker's character and she's about to get on a bus. And then they do the reveal of the bus pulling away and she's still standing there. You know, classic movie bit, right? Mm hmm. And then they do the double reversal of that, which is another bus behind her pulls away and there's like a hundred cops there with their guns drawn. That's great. What a great visual comedy bit.
1: Yeah. You know, I I, it really it really was. And I'm a little sad about my viewing experience with it, because as that happened, I was kind of starting to check out of the movie for a moment. And I thought it was like
0: understandable.
1: You know, because like you were saying, like, that character is so thinly written and, you know, I'm not buying this romance that they're trying to say, but it's an action movie thing, whatever. So I kind of like my eyes kind of drifted from the
0: boxes at that point.
1: Yeah. And it it wasn't I wasn't like going to the bathroom to throw up, but I was like, yeah, all right. Um, And I just kind of zoned out for a minute. And I was like, wait a minute, there are cops there. And I was like, oh, shit, they're on the prison thing. And I had to rewind it and be like, how did that happen? So I was like, fuck, I wish I was paying attention to really catch it in the moment, because that is a great reveal. But I didn't get to have that organic moment with it. I had to kind of see it again in a way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
0: No, that's but, yeah, that was but awesome. But it's that was well awesome. constructed. It's well done.
1: It's great. It's a it's a twofer. Boom, boom. You know, and it's yeah. I mean, I think they had enough police there <laughs> to, to to get her. But um, yeah, and also pretty unexpected the fact that they just get to go and they're like being locked up. And then that's the whole chase scene happens on a prison thing. But I
0: like that. that was I like that. No, it's awesome. so simple to set up this great action yeah. scene that you never would have seen coming as like the next bit that they were going to do. It's, it's well done. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. Yeah. That's, that's all I had. You, you touched on the other things I wanted to mention and uh, we've hit on pretty much everything else. Um, I really dug this movie. I, you know, it's nowhere near the top of the movies we've covered. It's pretty, pretty close to the bottom even, but you know, like I said, the, like we've covered so many great movies on this show. It's nice to kind of get this little palate cleanser of just a, let's just turn our brain off and watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme action movie. I don't Let's it. just
1: hang out, see some great stunts, see an amazing Dolph Lundgren performance. Before we started rolling you and I were talking about daytime movies. i like, what's mm. a good daytime movie. And you mentioned this, you were like universal is a good daytime movie. And that was like illuminating to me when you said that. And it's like, you know what? You're fucking right, dude. Like you put this thing on, on some day and it, you can be sunny out. It doesn't matter. It's a great day movie. And it really scratched the itch to have something just a little, it's a little loosey goosey and fun um, for the board. So I'm, I'm glad we hit it. And, If you got HBO and if you like this type of shit, fire it up, man. It's it's worth your time. It's fun. It's solid. It's a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Time to put something new on the board. What do you say? Hell yeah, dude. It is your week. I believe I I gotta I'm trying to trim out modifiers. Drew, it's your week. Do you have contenders to replace Universal Soldier at the number nine spot?
0: I do. I've got two that came up in my mind because of our pre-chat. Ooh boy. This is organic. This is organic. Which I, I don't mind even just saying outright because it, it's so related to what we were talking about earlier that it doesn't even matter. We referenced the the fact that neither of us have a background in Bollywood. And I mentioned RRR as a movie that has been critically acclaimed and, and really loved from this mov- from this year. So that's that's a contender. We also talked briefly about Oliver Stone. As I mentioned, you know, when I brought up Platoon, you know, we were talking in the pre-chat. I rewatched JFK recently, and I really dug that movie. And I've never seen Wall Street, and that's a Neither that's a definite I. contender for me. Um, mm. You know, it's one of the most critically acclaimed movies of the the nineteen eighties. And yeah, I, I, I've I've expanded my knowledge on Michael Douglas recently, and I'd, I'd kind of like to get Gordon Gecko knocked out in terms of like a performance that I've just never seen that's iconic. And I like both of those choices. I do too. But I think my choice is my third one. Ooh. I got so horned up last week. Looking body at the image. Well, oh, no. I did get horned up as fuck for Body Heat, for sure. Uh, but that that was also in the pre-chat. Everyone should go mm. watch Body Heat. What a fucking sexy, amazing movie that that is. Mm. But no, I got horned up last week because I saw a picture of one Mr. Michael Caine in Get Carter that is one of Dude. the coolest single images of an action movie I've ever seen. I
1: love this choice it has
0: to go on and (laughs) you know when we saw that image i was begging you to put it on but Mm -hmm. it wasn't the right time for you and i understand why well
1: it was it wasn't mine it was your choice you know yeah and it it has
0: to come from me and yeah we gotta we gotta do it man we gotta i gotta gotta see what the hubbub is about from young michael fucking kane that's
1: michael Kane. Michael (laughs) kane (laughs) <laughs> you shouldn't have blown the bloody doors off.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to brush up on my Michael Caine perfor- yeah. uh, impersonation before you we know, do this I episode. bet
1: Whenever we hit that, I I believe that we should do the scene from The Trip as this intro. Like, we have to. Bit. Dude, it just, like, <laughs> not even from Get Carter. It is Get Carter, right? Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like not, not even a clip from that movie, just the trip impression.
0: Well, I know you had said that you kind of want to get away from movies in the 1970s. This movie is from 1971, but
1: that's me though. That, you know, that's me. We just we just got to do it. I I, I I love it, dude. I, I love couldn't
0: it. see that image and not put it on.
1: Yeah, I do because you know what's funny too. I was uh, like I was telling you in the pre-chat, or I might even said on this, but I was wandering around Videodrome. And I couldn't find what to watch, and I saw the case for Get Carter, new release, bunch of bonus features, commentary track, and I was just looking at that case. I was like, God damn it. And as you said, I'm gonna take a personal break from putting movies from the seventies on just because I've done it a ton. We, but we I'm both glad are. but I'm glad you're not feeling that weight that I am because it's a great decade. Who cares? And like, um, yeah, I, I'm super glad I've never seen a really young Michael Kane performance. So that's a good one to get on the board, man. I love it. Gotta happen.
0: Get Carter going on at number nine. Shall we run through the board now?
1: Hell yeah, dude.
0: Number one, you can count on me. Number two, Akiru. Number three, M. Number four, Rio Bravo. Number five, Operation Condor. Number six, Lisa. Number seven, Amadeus. Number eight, Pi. Number nine, Get Carter. Number 10, The Limey. Number 11, Coraline. Number 12, The Straight Story. Number 13, Night Moves. Number 14, The Karate Kid. Number 15, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Number 16, Secrets and Lies. Number 17, Titan. Number 18, Snatch. Number 19, Strange Days. And number 20, The Terminator.
1: All right, dude, I'm trying something new. I'm going to get the camera rolling, and I'm going to close my eyes on the throw.
0: Godspeed to your
1: wall. Let's see how it goes, dude.
0: So, Jared, with the 50th movie in the dartboard movie night pantheon, what do we have?
1: We had a misfire. <laughs> the, cl- the closed eye did not work. I, how I don't know did why I thought happen? it would. I know. I shocker. Never could have
0: seen that coming.
1: Well, you know, I lined it up before I closed my eyes, so I was like, you know, how hard is it really? And I just missed and hit my wall. So I was like, okay, right, I'm, I'm going to throw it with my eyes open, but I'm going to do a bloop. It's a solid five dollars reduced off of your security deposit. <laughs> I blooped it. I blooped the hell out of this one, and we hit three. Ooh. Number 3
0: is the oldest movie we've ever covered on the show. It's M from 1931,
1: oh, the Fritz baby. Lang film. You said it's German? When yes. you I think you said it was German when you put it on the board. Yeah, pretty Roland Emmerich to a, another German film? <laughs> mm. All righty, all righty. I see you, board. I see ya.
0: All right. Well, that is going to be our episode next week. And it is one of the most critically acclaimed films we've covered on the show.
1: It's a weird one, right? I remember you told me that. The, yeah. The-
0: the, when I read the log line for it, I was kind of like, I didn't know they were making movies like that at this point in film history. And it got my attention that way. So, yeah, it's going to be this is a, a, a bit of a just shot in the dark. But I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I, I know that it's a beloved film, so I'm excited to check it out.
1: No, it's, I think it's a great, totally different than this. Like, we're coming off this kind of silly, uh, you know, the, the Universal Soldier movie. And now we're getting into kind of something a little, uh, I think, darker and, and maybe more kind of filmy and influential. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious about it. Just doing a quick streaming check here. 1931's M. Available, pay to rent on a variety of platforms. Usual Suspects. That it's also available on Criterion, HBO Max, and if you have Canopy, which is the sort of like library free-to-use service that they offer now, at least in Colorado probably other states too, I would imagine. Oh, no, it's so, everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. If you Beautiful. have a library
0: card, you can sign up for Canopy and you can watch, I think without paying anything for it, you can watch up to four movies in a month. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, why not? You could watch it, if sign up for it. You can watch Days of
1: Heaven and M in the same go. Might be a cool twofer. So definitely seems like a movie that uh, should be pretty easy to find, and it'll be my first foray into German films at all. Yeah, you know? so I'm, I'm I'm excited to check this out, man. I'm curious.
0: And as I said, the oldest movie we've ever covered on the show. I don't think we've done anything from the 30s
1: yet. And that'll be the last movie of our top 50, right?
0: yeah and as i said being one of the most critically acclaimed films we've covered i'll be interested to see if this one sneaks under the wire to make it into some of our lists for that uh yeah for the award show what are we calling it again <laughs> the Yunas? the Yunus.
1: right yet unnamed award show i love it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: let's see if it makes its way into contention for the Yunas. that'll be our episode next week this week that'll do it for our episode on universal soldier Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please remember to rate, review, or give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. If you want to keep in touch or give us a recommendation, drop us a line at dartboardmovienight at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dartboardmovienight. Artwork for the show was created by Veronica Roman, and all of our music is by Eric Williams. Play us
1: out, Eric. Sorry, Mark. Light up. (laughs)